Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode we have Netflix 160th film. It's from 2019 and it's a Spanish biographical romantic drama. It's titled Elisa and Marcella and it's directed by Isabel Coye. It stars Natalia Di Molina and Greta Fernandez. I am Jesse and I'm joined with MJ. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's always nice when you're trying to reel off the cast and you only have to really name two cast members when, when we've got an international film. You, you, I don't have to hear you sort of stumble across some of the names and pronunciations, so I'm very impressed. It's a good start to the podcast. Excellent. I, you know, me and my, my Spanish that don't go too far, so um, <laughs> I'm glad that I've probably uh, pronounced the director's surname wrong, but um, it's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. move on and and they can, I'm sure they're not, probably not going to listen anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it is a tough one. It's a th- That surname is tough, so I don't plan on attempting it. Good. Well, we uh, do start our show with our fast flicks where we do a little bit of a summary of what this is all about. So what is Elisa and Marcella about? Uh, it is about, it's, it's a horror, horror, not horror, horror. It's a horror. It's a, it's it's a, a movie. <laughs> historical, apologies, <laughs> histor- historical depiction of two women in the early 1900s who fall in love and have to navigate their relationship in secret. Yes, I've gone the same thing. It's based on the true events of a same-sex couple facing the challenges and scrutiny of society. Mm, that's it. All right. What this and we often say this with uh, international films that it's hard to to find a lot of information about it, but we're able to find anything about how this film uh, was put together and came to Netflix. Yeah, look, very very little. Um, obviously, we've sort of spoken about the fact that it was a true story, and the, and the film itself does tell the story of Eliza Sanchez Larriga and Marcela Gracia Ibeis who were two women who posed as a heterosexual couple in order to marry in 1901 at Church of St. George, um, which basically became the first recording of a same-sex marriage in in Spain, um, 100 years before that sort of thing was legal. Um, I've sort of, it looks like the, the, the film itself first premiered at the Berlin international film festival and then after that was when it was acquired by netflix quite soon after i believe um it, it released on the 24th of may in 2019 in some selected theaters in spain looks like it was spain only um and then a couple of weeks later so june 7 was when it was released on on netflix so in terms of how it was made, i look the other thing that i did try and I did try and have a bit of a look and see at any historical inaccuracies between the film and what actually happened in real life. And it does, it does feel like there's a lot of a gray area with this story um, purely because probably at a time where things weren't recorded or if they were recorded, those records have been lost. So there is a, a lot of things where there's assumptions made. I think anyone, no one really has any clear information on what happened to them basically post when they got married. Um, but one thing that interests me a lot, and we'll talk about when we talk about the film, was the idea that obviously Marcella was pregnant. Um, and I, I feel like that was glossed over quite a lot in the film. I know they, they sort of insinuate how it happened, but I would like to know more about that. And what, what I have found, and again, it's certainly not truth, but there is this idea that Marcella had an affair with a married man, became pregnant. Um, I believe that I believe that Elisa, Eliza, Elisa had told her that 
um, you know, she was okay to have this affair with this married man, but when she got pregnant, the man actually um, didn't want to have anything to do with her. So then she kind of took responsibility for the fact that Marcella had gotten pregnant, and that's when they came up with the idea to for her to become uh, sort of pretend to be a man and get married and, and sort of everything from there. So not the way that happened in the film. So the idea is that Marcella actually was probably more bisexual than, than lesbian. Um, and yeah, probably wouldn't have gone down as well from a film to film story perspective, but yeah, I just found that interesting, but not much yeah. more I could find out in the production, Jesse. I don't know if you found anything. No, not, not too much at all. I, I did see a lot of the, the same things that you, you mentioned about, the story and obviously yeah, being so long ago that there's a lot of, there's a couple of different sort of theories and assumptions about, you know, things post, um, you know, later after their, their marriage. Um, it, it was based or this film was based on a, a literary essay by Narciso de Gabriel. Um, so obviously they, they went with his version of events um, on, from that essay and, um, it did play at a couple of other festivals too. So it played in the Amsterdam Spanish Film Festival in 2019. And then recently, as a couple of weeks ago, it's um, been playing in Portugal um, in the New Directors Festival too. So um, yeah, right. so it has, has um, legs still in 2021 where we're recording now. Um, it was nominated for 15 awards altogether, which is, is quite a lot of awards. Um, it won three of those 15. Um, so one was at the ASEAN Awards, Oh, sorry. So we'll go the nominations that was nominated for four at the ASEAN Awards, two at the Berlin International Film Festival, two at the Gaudi Awards, and it won Best Production Design there. Nominated at the Jose Maria Fork Awards, and it won Best Feature um, at the Outshine Film Festival, and then a couple of others as well. Um, and then the one that I wanted to bring up, I guess, was that it was nominated at the Platino Awards for, and it did win, the Worst Spanish Director. That's <laughs> um, oh, so, true. Um, so, yeah, so some uh, negative awards, almost like the, Raz- the Razzies or whatever they're called. So um, <laughs> the Spanish version of that, which is quite funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, apart from that, I, I don't have uh, too much else to sort of to sort of share. So we could probably look at what the critics and the audiences are saying about this film, I guess. Yeah, look, I look on IMDb. It's it's sitting at a 6.6 out of 10 off 4,200 ratings. Um, Letterboxd had almost 10,000 ratings. So a lot more people logged it on Letterboxd than they did on IMDb. And it's a three and a half out of five. So very... Very good scores from audiences uh, on those respective platforms. Yes. And we look over at the critics on Rotten Tomatoes and this was not really liked. It sits at 40%, so rotten, and that's on 15 reviews, so a good sample size. It's been a while since we've seen this. Not one audience member has gone onto Rotten Tomatoes to log this one. So um, Really? Yeah, not one. So um, zero. Huh. <laughs> Which was which is interesting. I haven't seen that in quite a while. You know, you usually get one or two, but yeah, no one. Not one person. Oh, there you go. I, yeah, I don't even remember that ever happening. I'm guessing it has, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's give our early thoughts. What are your early thoughts on this film? I thought it was, I thought it was quite an interesting historical retelling. Um, otherwise, I thought it was quite slow and it had a very matter-of-fact way of telling the story that, to me, lacked a real emotional connection until quite late in the piece where I sort of started to feel a bit more. Um, but I liked it. When, when I say it's not necessarily, when I say it's slow, I'm not necessarily saying that that's the detractor of the film. I think that was kind of the story they were trying to tell in that way. Um, but that would, it just means that it doesn't really jump out at you um, as something that's too, uh, it doesn't stick with you. It's not something you want to really put back on in a hurry. But 
what I will say is I feel like it's an important movie in the sense of looking back at these trailblazers who, you know, went through hell to get where we are today. And, um, you know, these situations that kind of stagger your mind really did happen. And, you know, stories like these are the reason why it's, it's no longer happening. And don't get me wrong, there's still a lot of work to do in this space, but it's come a long way since then. And, um, you know, you'd think if people weren't doing this, then we'd probably still be there. Really good observations. I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty similar with what you're saying because I, I really wanted to like this. Um, my thoughts are, are continually changing on, on where I actually want to place it. I think it's great, like you mentioned, that this story, you know, it's told that it's accessible for a mainstream audience on, on something like Netflix because it's an important story to hear. Um, and I'm hoping that this discussion might make my thoughts a little bit clearer because I liked parts, but then there's parts like on reflection that really brought this down um, in certain parts. So, yeah, I'm a little bit unsold on, on my actual thoughts, but I'm hoping that, you know, we can um, make some movement in either positive or negative uh, as we chat. Yeah, that'd be interesting because I, I don't think I have a strong thoughts either way on this. This kind of potted along a little bit for me, so I'm keen to hear what you have to say as well. Good. We might put it out there too that if you were interested in checking this film out, um, give us a pause. Uh, we're probably going to spoil it now as we start talking about some characters. And MJ, start us with who are you going to pick as the first uh, character to talk about? So you know what? I'm going to pick Elisa, even though I think that this is more Marcella's story. But... Mm-hmm. Um, her name we had first, and I'm going to give in the title, so I'm going to give her <laughs> first run. Um, there's a lot to dissect in these characters, I think, and that's probably what, you know, that's a really important part of this film. Um, I, I think Elisa is overtly strong and she's confident, and there's no doubt that initially she's the one who seemed completely unfazed by these feelings and, and, and the headspace that she was in, the idea that this is my life and, and I'm going to live it the way I want to. You, you never see proper pressure put onto her to actually get married just like like a fleeting mention about the nuns and whilst the fact that she doesn't have any strong paternal figures in her life you also get the impression that people know that she's going to go down her own path either way that's kind of in her personality um she's she's utterly dedicated and committed to marcella and and she kind of takes that stereotypical husband protector role with with comfortable ease to be honest um there's such a sincerity to her desire to put her wife first uh, in absolutely everything that she does. And apart from the fact that she can be a little bit brash, and I, I certainly think that she could benefit from fleshing out her ideas a bit better, there's very little about Eliza that you can't find pretty admirable. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this because I really did struggle to identify and be like, we spent a whole film with these two characters and I, I really there's not an awful lot that I took away from them apart from their story together. Uh, and I think at times when you, you're trying to connect with a character, that that's some important sort of stuff to understand with, with them is their background and, and where they're from. And, and to me, I guess, um, Elisa, you know, it, it comes across as fairly privileged because she's got that opportunity to get that education at the, where the nuns are and, and lives with them, but she doesn't really acknowledge that, you know, she's probably better off in life than Marcella is. Um, and how good she actually has it. And, you know, cause she's, she says how much she hates living there and, you know, puts the nuns down and, and, you know, that whole um, environment that she's in is obviously based around religion and, and the faith in God. And, and she's quite blunt in saying, you know, she distanced herself from, from religion and God and, you know, only believes in things that move. So I found her a little bit uh, of a, of a hard character apart from like everything you've mentioned, that dedication towards Marcella. Um, I needed 
I don't know. I, I wanted something more about her to understand her thoughts on this and why, why, why this has happened. But yeah, I, I think I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I think it's a case of her being really, really aware of how she feels. Like the idea of her not believing in God is, it's a positive thing because that's her being true to herself. Where in early 1900s, that's probably really frowned upon. Upon, but she she's got the strength of mind to go actually no nah, i've just got no reason to believe in it yeah like maybe the religious community has given me a lot of things that i should be grateful for but that doesn't mean i believe well tell us about marcella yeah obviously marcella is obviously a little bit more reserved than elisa um and her growth tends to be the key cog in the development of this story uh, and why it's a why it's a film i guess because we tend to be writing this journey, journey along with Marcella. Like she's got more of a complicated past. She has early on, we see a really controlling father, which probably is just the norm at the time. Um, she shows a little bit of an unwillingness to conform. Um, and I think that's kind of encased with an overall shyness to her personality. But her development's more or less driven by her emotional responses to the treatment that they receive when they get outed. Um, if, if Elisa is surprisingly pragmatic throughout the story, Marcella is obviously far more emotionally impacted by everything that happens. And, and she gets jaded. She gets frustrated. She's tired by the fact that she's being herself, submitting to her own desires, but not people aren't respecting that or understanding that. And, and there's almost a naivety to her that eventually turns into this strength of character with an almost narrow-minded view on how she plans on living her life going forward because of the treatment she's received. and She cuts herself off to certain things and says, well, this is the things that are important to me and off I go in that direction. Yep. No, you've covered on quite a lot of good stuff there because yeah, that, that ability for her to sort of um, connect with Elisa is based on that past that we, we hear moments about, about her being adopted out and, um, you know, almost that opposite that she's had a more of a, a tougher upbringing than Elisa has. And, you know, obviously in this, this family situation she's in with, with this person that she relates to as her father, um, you know, you mentioned it's, it's all about what the norms of society were at the time, um, you know, get married, you know, education's not, you know, you don't need to worry about education. You need to get married and have kids. And um, I think that it was, it was a nice moment in in between with with the adopted mother um, sort of supporting her with with her education and things like that, but at the same time, um, yeah, like like you've mentioned, very very um, more more free and open to to try new things and sort of adapt to you know this this blooming relationship that she has with Elisa and and wanting her to experience these things that she sees as as normal almost. Mm, yeah, that's a good one too. Uh, did you want to talk about any other characters? I briefly want to mention the warden. Um, yep. And only because, A, I haven't really found anything to suggest that he, he he's real in real life, <laughs> which is sad because he's, he's as much of a trailblazer as anyone. But watching this movie in 2021 about a story, you know, in 1900, it becomes this voice of reason, like that, that shining light that takes us out of this haunted reality that, once was just the way things are uh, and it's his progressive thinking and his ability to sort of put himself in the firing line albeit with a fair bit of support from the governor or whoever it was who just sort of says like yeah you can do whatever you want it, it means that this story does have some form of a happy ending and, and arguably helps pave the way for as I said more trailblazers like 
you know, Elisa and Marcella, but also someone like the warden with his progressive thinking to, to sort of follow suit. Um, so he was really positive character in that sense. It's one of those things that, you know, you wonder what's going to happen in a hundred years time when people are doing a story about 2021. And there's something that we all do right now that's incredibly normal. And you look back and you go, can you believe that that was the norm back then? And, um, you know, he's the one that had that sense of sense of character and sense of purpose to be like, this is not right. So um, that just yeah. works. Yeah, I think he's a yeah, very positive character. And even if he wasn't, you know, we can't find anything about him actually being a real person. I'm sure that there were people in their lives that they came across that, did do the opposite of, of what everyone else was doing. So maybe he was a combination of a, a variety of people. Cause you know, when they are in that, that prison, you see the, the women getting around them and supporting them. And so, you know, maybe it's just that, that combination of um, there has to be at least one person that, yeah. or two people that, that disagree with the majority to support others. That's very true. There had to be people along the journey that helped them get to where they got to. Although I haven't actually found firm evidence that they went to jail either. Uh, but again, <laughs> just we'll move on. All right. Um, the director, Isabel Coye. Any anything that you could find out about her? I know personally, but I from what I was sort of reading, she's quite highly acclaimed and quite a big name in in the industry, um, particularly as a Spanish writer director. Yeah, the thirty nine directing credits, lots of docos and shorts. The only one that I knew was the film called The Bookshop from 2017, which has got um, Bill Nye and Patricia Clarkson and Emily Mortimer. Emily so, Mortimer. Yeah, um, which was interesting. And I had I have seen the posters for that and seen it around. So, um, yeah, that was a bit, of, a bit of a surprise that there was a film that I actually knew. Yeah. All right, time to talk about some scenes. What are, what are some ones that you enjoyed in this? Yeah, initially I really liked the scene early on in Elisa's room where Marcella reveals her upbringing um, and and that doubt that she has about her parents. But I just think that that connection between those two was established really nicely, really quickly. And that scene, I don't know, there was a real, obviously the ability for Marcella to open up about herself. And I think even Elisa, even though it didn't, she sort of walked out on her, that, that understanding that care it was it was so evident really quickly how much these two cared for each other and connected with each other and uh, i don't know there was something about that scene that really stood out to me i almost didn't understand the walking out like it didn't seem like that big a, a, a deal <laughs> yeah it was yeah. almost like i'm so embarrassed that i've yeah. just revealed this side to myself that i'm that i actually can't sit through it so yeah. um i have to say that first time that they had sex with each other there was so much raw sexual connection between them um more than i've seen in a very long time in a, in a film i think they they captured that so so well um there was just this like years of desire coming out in that one scene and i think it was done really really nicely um and then i sort of go a bit further on to the first night in prison uh, when they're laying down together and seeing how happy they were considering the circumstances that they're actually in, but this is their reality. This is them taking any moment they can to be themselves and be together. And it was, it was kind of really bleak, but also really powerful to, to show that this is what these guys have been through just to get glimpses like this together, laying on a prison floor where they can both be females. Like that's what they went through. Um, And then finally, purely from a, visceral response it was when they were driving away from that crying baby um 
you know, Marcella tried so hard to keep it together and eventually she just had to do what she had to do and just get the hell out of there and then broke down. That uh, that was really well done. That ripped my heart out, to be honest. Yeah, good. A good bunch of scenes. I've And, you know, I've got a bunch of different ones, which uh, usually we sort of have some matching up somewhere. But, yeah, the, the ones for me, I think uh, once there's like a part where Marcella, she's uh, shipped off to boarding school by, by her parents and just there was a cool artistic sort of, um, you know, uh, transitions where they're writing the letters to each other and they sort of had these um, fade-ins and fade-outs and the the narration of the, the letters. I thought that was quite cool. Um, mm. the, the the two scenes where they're sort of attacked, I think the the scene where um, Elise is in the woods being pegged with those rocks, it was just like heartbreaking. And same with when that house is attacked by the villagers. Like I, I was feeling that fear. I felt that fear for them and to be able to, to create that, um, you know, I'm not saying I enjoyed seeing that happen to them, but I felt that fear. So it was well done. Um, the, and we mentioned the, before the warden, I, the introduction to him, I, I really liked the dialogue of him, you know, trying to protect her from the, the, the male prison and, you know, his conversation follow up with the governor about continuing to try and protect them. They were just nice, nice words and good to see some positive support rather than all the negativity that they'd faced prior to that. And the last last one that I, like the the scene of you know working out that um their baby Anna um had pneumonia and just being a parent that really stressed me out oh well, I was like oh god imagine being in that situation and yeah that, that's where I'm I was those. when they had the baby and then they were just living with the baby in a prison cell like it was just like they were at a hotel. I was expecting the baby to leave then and there after it was born, but no, nah, they're just like, oh, well, you guys are both here, so we might as well give you the baby. Yeah. So yeah. That was just so strange to me. Um, but yeah, having a baby with pneumonia whilst you're in prison and it's 1901, you're up against it. Yeah, oh, stressful. All right, what are, what are some things that you didn't like in this? There wasn't a heap. There really wasn't a heap. Um, one of which I said how much I thought it was a really raw, emotional, connecting sex scene. I don't know how I felt about the octopus being introduced in the the subsequent sex scene. I, I still I can't wrap my head around it. I'm not sure if there's a, a cultural relevance to an octopus that I'm just completely missing, but I have to call that out. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I agree. Like one erotic love scene is good, but then that would have been enough because it happens so often. And you know, there's some toe sucking and the octopus, uh, the like octopus bondage. Like, what does it doesn't add anything to their, their relationship. Where did that come from? We have to yeah. be missing something there. We just have to be. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then the only other thing, and I guess this doesn't make it a movie uh, if this doesn't happen, but I'm just not really sold on their plans and the timings of their plans of how they wanted to approach what they were doing. Um, it could have been handled so much better. They could have obviously got the marriage somewhere, but then flee town immediately. Like, don't don't just all of a sudden, ah, oh, Eliza's gone away. Ah, oh, but my husband's back. It looks exactly like Elisa. Like, it just, I, I think they could have really planned it out so much better to avoid a, a lot of the issues that they came across. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, the, the whole fascination about their moles on their body, um, all I could think of was Austin Powers and the, uh, burn and the guacamole. <laughs> so it just, it didn't, um, didn't create any um, connection to me at all because I was just trying to not to laugh. Um, <laughs> this really, really, fr- like at the start, it didn't phase me too much, but towards the end, the, the transition fade out circles. Um, oh, yeah, they that was literally added a poor taste to what could have been some impactful scenes. So um, when they're married and they're walking in the rain with the umbrella, 
and then it just does it was like a corny it's like a, a you know a pre um sound era silent film type of fade out and i was like it just took away from that nice moment they had together and then the scene um that you mentioned before which was the worst for me was when the baby left they left the baby with the warden and they're in that carriage and you know she's having that emotional breakdown which is really impactful and then they just fade out into a circle um really really some poor choices i think in transitions for that um, i agree with that one actually and then the the score at certain stages was so over the top that it was starting to do my head in. Like it just built so much at certain scenes. I'm like, yeah, I get the point of what's happening. I don't need it blasting in my ears. Yeah. Um, so they're just a couple of little things that really put a sour taste in my mouth, especially those transitions. Um, just, yeah. Ugh, it felt yeah. very iMovie, right? Like someone was just like, mm. oh, this is a cool, this is a cool wipe. Let's, yes. <laughs> let's just yeah. do this. And, um, oh, it does take away from it because it, it felt a little bit like shit we don't know how to properly end this scene and transition to the next scene so let's make this yeah. a thing like end of chapter end of chapter just end fade, of chapter. To, fade to black done yeah, like, i agree um, it, it was yeah. a bit gimmicky um all right well what was this movie trying to say what are some themes and some ideas well there's a very big theme of uh same-sex marriages uh, and even strip back even further to the idea of homosexuality and, and why something that was so taboo back then is is worth fighting for and i think that just goes down there it's still you know a big issue in society today not as big as it was but you know the idea that people don't choose to be homosexual and you know this is what this is what people back then had to endure so people could today can feel more comfortable just being who they are it's you know simply how they were born so I think, uh, and that, and that's why I sort of spoke at the start by this being an important film. I think there's a lot to learn from what actually happened back then, uh, and and told in a, in a format that people can just sit in their living rooms, watch and learn. Yeah, excellent points. Um, and that leads into that idea of love and sexuality too, and and on the the flip side too, which we've mentioned in a couple of stages already, that that idea of the the patriarchy of, of men ruling the world. Um, you know, the, the dad's deciding what women should do in life, you know, not being able to read the church and the, the male hierarchy in the church and, you know, making the calls on, you know, I'm going to call the police on you and, and things like that. And the same with the leaders, like they're all, it was all a very male, the warden, the, the governor, they're all very male dominated parts of obviously the society that they're trying to, um, to highlight from the early 1900s. Um, to accepting difference like the 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 governor um sorry the warden does at the end and obviously we see a lot of reject throughout for for who they are the the last thing i'll leave on i haven't said in a while water rain rivers umbrellas being scared of the sea putting your feet in the water for the first time like is this trying to prove that they you know they're fresh star that they're they they i don't know that but there's a lot of taking a leap into the unknown yeah yeah exactly or is it like that idea of you know um cleansing themselves for a new life starting fresh i you know it's it's all interesting sort of take but i couldn't really um there's obviously put in there for a reason and i couldn't really pick up exactly what it was i think you kind of did like they all they all kind of work everything that you sort of said there yeah well what did you take away from this film i took away two main things one thing if you're trying to create a sex scene from the 1900s, there is an ordeal with all of that clothing. 
<laughs> it was non-stop. It was always just another layer, like, like a thick casing <laughs> of armor almost. Um, just imagine that every time you sort of, like imagine when they went for that swim and they sort of were in their bathers and it's just like a long gown. <laughs> it was lots of clothes. Like days to dry, then. especially with all the rain. <laughs> The other thing that got me, if, if I watched this film, I, I like the idea of we're talking about a story about a, a same-sex couple in the 1900s. What I didn't like to read on a one-sentence blurb on Netflix before I watched it was me saying that this is a story of someone who posed to be a man to get married to another woman. I think that gave away too much. I, I mm. kind of just, knowing that was going to happen really dictated the first 45 minutes of the film. Um, and I was more than happy to to know that this was going to be about a same-sex couple um, that wouldn't have, not ruined is the wrong word, but that wouldn't have um, muddled my thinking and, and dictated where the film was going as much. But yeah, it kind of annoyed me being like, because that would have been a nice little reveal when it comes back as a, as a man. But uh, it was just too prominent in the, um, in the description of the film. That's, that's a really, really good point. And just thinking about that, like, I guess and it sort of brings back memories of one we did a long time ago where maybe the assumption is that people, this is, this is maybe pushed for the the Spain audience where they know the story. So I, I think it was, there was one we did about like the most hated woman in America where I think the same thing happened. They right. gave away that tagline of who the woman was because obviously it's a big story in America. Um, mm. And maybe that this, this is a well-known story across Spain and that's why they've included it. But I've just mentioned, I agree. It, it if you've got no idea about the story, it's a nice reveal. Um, it, it's a mm. nice thing to see. Yeah. yeah I, for me, the I think a really big decision needs to be made when you release a film in black and white. So does it add to the narrative or to the characters or to the time period? And just because it's set in the past doesn't necessarily mean that not using colour makes it a better story. And I'm not 100% sold that this needed to be in black and white. Um, because I'm not 100% yeah. sold that it added anything to the story at all. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it always does give it a more authentic feel. Um, and you could argue that potentially it, it allowed them to hide things, make them feel older. Yeah. That they might, If they had have been in colour, it might have been exposed a little bit more as to how good the set design was or anything like that. I don't know. Yeah, and, and definitely that, that opening and closing scene, that, that would definitely make sense. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Good. Did you go onto IMDb to look anyone up? You know, I, I did. I went on to look at Marcella because she looked really familiar, but I hadn't seen her. <laughs> in she, she looked very familiar. So I did check. Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't. <laughs> Not at all. Um, question time. Have you got some? I've got a couple of questions today. So you go first and then I'll, I'll um, inundate you. Mine's a little bit left field. Um, this obviously wasn't a rom-com, but how do you rate their make cute? Oh, going back to our meet cute discussion from the other <laughs> week. Um, how do I rate that? I think I appreciated and I, I think I liked the the moment where, you know, they after they have that meet cute, that was cool. And then the follow-up where, you know, it's going to be raining the next day, make sure yep. you pack her umbrella and she purposely doesn't. So I almost keep that, put that all together. I think that was cool. Yep, that's fair. No, I agree. I think they did that well as well. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> no, that was all. Okay, sorry, I'm going to annoy you. These are just some things that I need some clarification on to sort of help me decide my thoughts on this. So the bookend of the film, the, the opening scene and the closing scene, I didn't get that at the start at all. Did, did Were you on board straight away understanding that opening scene? Yes. 
Okay. Uh, by the time the second Zen came along, I realized that that was Marcella. I realized that we'd gone back 20 years and I figured that she was going to have a kid. <laughs> okay. I, um, I was confused. Like my whole thought was that that was the two of them reuniting together and I didn't pick up on it being the daughter. And obviously going back over my notes, I was like, oh, okay, it makes sense with some of the, the commentary that she said, but I don't know in my mind, I was like, oh, they're being reunited at an older age. So that sort of got me a bit. And I don't that was know the weird I, thing for me because yeah. I was waiting for her to have a kid the whole time watching uh, the film thinking like, how is a kid going to come into this? Um, and then, yeah, that's how it yeah, happened. Good. Um, the warden. Have you got any understanding? Why was he so nice? Like, what did he identify that he needed to, to be a support? So he's obviously married or, yeah, I guess married to a, to a black woman, which I guess would have been similar, uh, similar scrutiny back then that he had to go through. And I think he's understanding that, I guess, in a corny way, love is love. And he can sort of see from his perspective how hard it was for him and trying to help them out. I love that. That's great. Um, this one, this one's a little bit left field and I'm not sure if my takes right or whether this takes right. So there's a website called common sense media who I, I regularly jump onto. It's a place that it's a bunch of parents and educators that um, give a rating for a film and sort of, you know, critique it based on language, drug reference, nudity, all that sort of stuff. So it, it's for parents to say, you know, is this film appropriate for my kid? So in their notes for this film, um, they imply that, the pregnancy is from rape. Um, oh. And I didn't get that impression at all from watching it. I, I thought she purposefully asked him to bring that firewood to the house in the, the hope that they wanted to have a child to make this relationship work. Did I read that wrong? That's 100% how I read it as well. 100%. Okay, right. That was all part of the plan. Okay, good. Because uh, And they mentioned this in their, their review like multiple times. Um, and I was like, maybe I've completely misread this, but I thought that was part of their, yeah, part of their plan. Mm, I think so okay. too. Good. Um, Portugal, more liberal than Spain, obviously. Um, I don't know. That was just a statement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the last one, the archival footage that they dumped in towards the end, was that needed? Like the, the um, little shots in the, of, when they're in... Um, when they're in prison and they're shut, you know, they've got the horse and carts and like it's all uh, like old footage. That's right, yeah. Like, yeah. sorry, like setting yeah. up the landscape sort of thing. Yeah. It was... It was a little bit jarring. Yeah, that's it, it, good. Okay. I'm, I thought so too because I was like, if they'd done it the whole film through, I would have got it. But I was like, oh, some lot they decide, you know, different location. Maybe we can't make it look like what it's supposed to look like. So it was dumped some footage in there. Um, <laughs> it was like, maybe. It was like seven <laughs> seconds to, to set up where they were. Um, yeah. Mate, you could be right. Like, it wasn't terrible, but it was like, oh, that's that's a bit of a change. <laughs> Sorry, I'm done. I, I um, I was I had a few things I just needed some clarification on. They were so, good um, questions. They, they, good. this is why we do this podcast because when we watch a film, we want to talk about it, and we hope that the people listening to it want to join the conversation. And most of those questions, they might have had the exact same questions. Same and they questions. got to talk through it without actually talking through it. Good. I'm glad that makes me feel better. Um, <laughs> we're we're at the stage where we wrap it up and we put our thoughts together and, and give it a rating out of five. So, Phil, is it what? What are you going to go with? Yeah, look, I thought it was good. It wasn't uh, strap yourselves in for wall-to-wall entertainment type watch, but um, I, as I said, it was an important retelling with, I think, we're pretty appealing characters um, and important characters in, in history um, about these pioneers that should have never really been condemned in the first place, but they, you know, help tell the story of where we're slowly getting to today. So I'm giving it three stars. Nice. Um yeah, the, the sole focus of this film is two characters. 
And I, I feel like before, like I feel like I walk away from this knowing after spending almost you know two hours with them that I know very little about them other than them being massively in love, being groundbreakers in what in in society and that they're teachers. And I look at those three things and go, yep, I know that, I know that, that. And then apart from that, there's not an awful lot more. And I don't know, maybe I just wanted more to get to know get to know these these characters that we're spending so much time with um, because their relationship was, you know, I'm sure in real life it was more than just sex. And this is such an important story. And I feel like that it tried to be a little bit too artistic at times and, you know, make it a, a foreign film that, you know, let's let's be a bit risque rather than, taking one or two of those erotic scenes out and giving us a bit more, um, you know, emotional scenes of them together, talking about, you know, how scared I am about our life and how worried I am and concerned about what's going on. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've, I think uh, I feel let down. I think that's what I'm going to go with. So I'll give it a two and a half out of th- five. Yeah, no, I think that's yeah. fair. I agree. I think one of the reasons that held it back was a lack of emotional connection and, um I don't think you feel as connected to the characters because they just kind of go through it all. They, mm. they, it just it just kind of happens. And you're right. One or two scenes of them talking about how hard this is and whether they should be doing it um, would have really benefited. Mm. Well, we have social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We pop our episodes up there every week. And the the question that I just want to put out there to the audience this week is, you know, have you have you had this story before? Because I definitely haven't. Um, so it was, it was a good experience to hear the story. Yeah, no, 100% haven't heard. Have you seen the photo? The real photo? Fo- I think they showed it in the credits. Actually, at the end, yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, the real photo with him. He, yeah. to, be, to be honest, does a really good job looking like a man. Yeah. Um, very, I don't know what good. I did in the film. <laughs> True. It's like just rub off the... the- <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the mo, <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, um, yeah. If you can give us a um a subscribe as well, um, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Helps us out so other people can see us. Oh, but yeah. we will be back next week for another film. I know that you've seen this one. Um, I haven't, and I'm very excited. But this is from 2019, the comedy mystery murder mystery. Uh, it's directed by Kyle Newacek. Stars Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston, and Luke Evans. So, bit of a one of Adam Sandler's many Netflix films. Good to, is very different to what we're watching this week. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be a... <laughs> I can probably pick that up. That's right. <laughs> As always, it's been a pleasure. And um, I'm glad that we I could talk to someone about this because, yeah, there's no one else in the world that's seen it. So, <laughs> <laughs> There's a few 10,000 10, letterbox ratings. True. Very true. Um, yeah. So I'll see you next week and thank you. Thank you, mate. We'll do it again next week.